the majority of people I meet are not grounded because we are not taught to be in our bodies. So when you're grounded, it means essentially you are earthed. And if you think about it like an electricity wire, and this is particularly for people who are highly sensitive and intuitive. If you're a highly sensitive and intuitive person and you are not grounded, this is going to create all kinds of problems for you, including high levels of anxiety, health issues, and, and generally a feeling of being emotional, potentially anxious, and not in your body. Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Mastery. Before we start the episode today, I have a question for you. Have you checked in with yourself recently? Does the work you're doing right now inspire you and make you feel connected to your life's purpose? Today we are talking about connecting to our intuition. We're talking about connecting to our own inner voice and inner wisdom to live our truth and our passion. I spoke to psychic and intuitive mentor Lucretia Ackfield about her spiritual awakening and how she now helps others to connect with themselves and find their purpose. We spoke about how important it is to be grounded and how we can manage our energy to feel more present in our bodies. I'm pleased to welcome to the show my dear friend Lucretia Ackfield. Lucretia, thank you for joining me on Mindset Mastery. How are you? I'm good, Rach. Thanks for having me. Now, you are a psychic and intuitive mentor. Mm-hmm. And I first just want to know, what does that mean? What does that mean? So uh, I am a psychic channel. And essentially, that means that I can connect to and channel the energy and the information of the universe through me to help others. And basically, I often do that through communication. Some people, you know, might do that through you know, hands-on healing or hands-off healing, that kind of thing. But for me, it's more about using the spoken word, doing sessions with people one-on-one or writing through my writing as well. I channel that energy of the universe to bring messages forward for the people who need to hear them, essentially. Hmm. Is this something that you've always been aware that you've had or did you kind of come across this later on? I just kind of came across it later on in the most uncomfortable way possible. Um, Essentially, when I I was a very sensitive young person as a teenager in my 20s, I had high anxiety. I was on antidepressants in my 20s on and off for a decade. Um, Then in my 30s, I started to have little bips and bops of insights about things. Um, But it wasn't until my 39th year when I actually stepped back from the very busy life I was having at the time. So I was in a very full-on senior job. Um, a lot of responsibility, a lot of pressure, and I had a very, very busy social life, as all girls should. And I, I took a voluntary redundancy because it was too lucrative to turn, say no to. And suddenly I had all this space in my life and clearly the universe decided, right, we're going to send you everything at once. And then I went through a really traumatic year where basically it was like my channel flew open and suddenly I could hear things, smell things, know things, taste things feel things that other people couldn't. I could connect to my spirit guides. I found that I could read cards. I found that I was extremely intuitive in being able just to get to the heart of things really quickly with people. Um, I could feel what was going on for them. And so really it was like all the lights came on at once because I finally created space for it. When I look back, and the reason I mentioned the anxiety and all that, turmoil of my younger years when I look back now 
I realized that I was highly sensitive as a young person, but I didn't realize it. So what I feel was, although I had my own self-worth issues and all the other stuff that, you know, young people often have going on, for me it was um, I was picking up other people's stuff. So I wasn't just managing my own anxiety, I was managing everyone else's as well. And I also didn't have the understanding too about how to separate the two. And I feel, find that a lot of people I work with now don't understand that. And a lot of people who are hypersensitive, very intuitive like me, if they don't have that understanding, the discernment between theirs and someone else's, it just creates a whole lot of problems. And that's one of the things I end up focusing on now up through my work is helping people to understand this is how sensitive you are and know that's not all your stuff. And you can buffer that out or first realise that it's, it's not yours. Second of all, buffer it out. And this is how you do that. And third of all, like you have this gift of sensitivity for a reason. And this is how you can use it to live your purpose and do what you're here to do. But yeah, I can't say that my journey through that process of awakening was a particularly comfortable one. And I think um, I wasn't grounded. I didn't know what that even meant, which left me in quite an unsafe place energetically. And um, that's one of the reasons why I concentrate on those things really strongly with clients now, because I want to make sure that people who are sensitive can use their sensitivity to live the life they want instead of having it take them off track if that makes sense. When I first met you, you introduced me to the idea of grounding and I had no idea <laughs> what it was really then. Mm. Can you just explain what it is and why it's important that we're grounded? Okay. So first of all, I want to ask, do you know how to do it now? Because please say yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. I think I'm awesome. when, when I make the time to, to do the mm. practices, yes. Okay. All right. So um, that's really good. That makes me very happy. <laughs> because what I find is that in my experience, the majority of people I meet are not grounded because we are not taught to be in our bodies. So when you're grounded, it means essentially you are earthed. If you think about it like an electricity wire, and this is particularly for people who are highly sensitive and intuitive. If you're a highly sensitive and intuitive person, and you are not grounded, this is going to create all kinds of problems for you, including high levels of anxiety, um, health issues, um, and, and generally a feeling of being emotional, potentially anxious, and not in your body. And one of the reasons this happens is because, A, we're not taught how to be grounded, and B, it's not encouraged to be grounded. If you think about how we function in Western society, for a start, we are taught to reason everything through in our minds, weigh everything up, do a pros and cons list every time you need to make a decision. And that isn't helpful because it's actually not keeping you in your body, that's keeping you up in your head, in the mind. And then you have the extra layer on there if you're a sensitive person is that not only are you weighing things up in your mind, you're also being buffeted by everyone else's expectations and energies, et cetera, and feeling everyone else's stuff. And that isn't helping you to be in your body either because you're a bit like a, a bit like a sponge, you're picking up everyone else's stuff and absorbing it. And you, when you're not grounded, you don't have an effective way to clear that out. So you've got these kind of two dynamics happening as a sensitive person. Usually you're also highly emotional because you aren't physically in your body a lot. And plus you're probably highly empathic. So you're feeling everyone else's stuff. And as you can see, it becomes a bit of an unholy mess. What you need to understand is if you are highly sensitive, you're like an electricity wire that's not grounded. And if you go back to your basic 
high school science, which a lot of us will recall, hopefully, those of us who haven't blocked it out as being traumatic. Um, when you go back and reflect on that, you remember the electricity wire needs to be grounded when electricity runs through it. If the wire is not grounded and the electricity runs through the wire, the wire fries. And as a sensitive person, you have energy running through you. And if your body is not earthed, if you are not grounded, then you are going to fry yourself with all these symptoms I just talked about, the physical, the emotional, the mental. So we're not taught how to do this. And what I find is a lot of us don't want to. There's a lot of resistance in us to being here and being present because at its purest form, being grounded is about being present and connected to the earth as a physical being. We are energetic beings having a physical experience. So we need to be connected to the earth. And there are lots of different practices you can do around that. But one I find that is particularly useful for people, and often it starts off with a conversation about anxiety and panic attacks, which I have had, obviously, in my 20s, hence why I was on the antidepressants before I worked out what the heck was going on for me. It's really um, a really simple practice is if you're having that heightened sense of anxiety starting to come through you and you're starting to feel that panicky feeling, which is not nice, aside from always remembering that it can't kill you, which was probably the best, one of the best pieces of advice I got initially when I first started having panic attacks. Like it can't, just remember it can't kill you and it will eventually pass, even though at the time it feels like it will go on forever and you will die. You won't. But the most, one of the a really basic grounding practice you can do is if you can go outside and stand on the grass in your bare feet or just on the earth and then you shut your eyes and you just focus on your breath and just breathe in and out and make sure your attention is on your feet while you're doing it. Just bring your mind down to your feet and feel your feet on the earth connecting to the planet. And your mind is going to really fight you on this. Your mind is going to want to spin with all the anxiety, etc., and you want to go into that fight and flight kind of space. But if you just keep standing there with your eyes shut, if you can, and breathe and focus, bring, keep bringing your attention back to my feet, back to my feet, feeling my feet on the earth, Eventually, your anxiety is going to pass because you're bringing the energy from your head down through your body, connecting back into the earth. And when you do that, that's a really basic grounding practice. Now, I know that sometimes it's not possible to go out and stand on the earth in the middle of the day if you're in a, some kind of situation where that's not doable. And you can still use this practice. You just modify it a little bit in that you just try and get yourself to a quiet place, even if it's just a toilet cubicle. <laughs> you know, if you're at work, you go in there, you shut the door. You close your eyes. You don't have to take off your shoes if you're inside. It is enough just to shut your eyes, breathe, and visualize your feet standing on the earth somewhere. And then you just breathe and breathe. And you just keep bringing your mind back to your feet. What are my feet doing? My feet are connected to the earth. I am connecting to that energy. And it will, it will help you to ground in that moment. Like I said, there's lots of other practices that you can do um, and that I think people should know how to do. But that is a really basic one and a practical way to bring you back into your body, back into the present moment and earthing yourself so you can actually manage your life more easily. Yeah. What happens when we do put our bare feet on the ground compared to just doing everything visually inside? What is the difference with actually going outside and connecting with the earth? Sometimes really it's not a lot. It's not a lot. I think this is, um, this is like a fundamental understanding about energy 
I guess, is that if you understand that everything is energy and that we are all connected, then you start to understand that the physical is a, a construct. And I don't want to get too, you know, esoteric, I suppose, about this. But if you understand that everything is energy and that we are all connected by energy and bound by that, you understand that it actually is enough to close your eyes and visualize yourself doing it. It's more powerful. I suppose if you are starting your journey in understanding your sensitivity and your understanding of energy, it is probably going to be a little bit easier for your mind to understand and comprehend the process if you physically take your body out to do it because your mind likes to be able to see things in the physical, right? Your mind is always seeking that proof, proof you know, the proof that something is really happening. And that's why it can be really difficult sometimes for people who have been brought up to be very much spending their time in their heads and weighing things up and being very logical. It can be really challenging for them to understand that they need to switch that off in order to understand their intuition and the energetics of it. But it is also important that your mind comes along on that journey because the ideal that you want is that you have your intuition, your heart and your mind working in alliance with each other. And when you have that, you have gold. So short answer, I suppose, is that your mind is going to be more comfortable and more able to comprehend the process if you physically move your body out to do it. But ultimately, everything is just energy anyway. And shutting your eyes and visualizing yourself doing it is just as powerful. Yeah. That, that's a really good point because I think myself included, a lot of us struggle when you first want to start doing um, these kind of grounding practices or meditation practices because your mind will fight you the whole time until mm. you do practice doing it and practice doing it every day. How can we start to bring a meditation or a grounding practice into our day when it is really hard in the beginning? Mm. Well, I think this is the, the fight with your mind <laughs> is real. The battle is real. And, um, I've got to tell you, like when I was younger, I certainly wasn't, I would see the occasional psychic when I was in my 30s and I think probably in my 20, late 20s as well. But I never really, there was part of me that I went to see them and I was interested in what they had to say, but there was also this part of me, my mind going, oh, I don't really know about that, you know, but then they would say stuff that was true and then you go, oh, but I don't know. And my mind would really try to grapple with that because I, I mean, I worked I've worked in PR and communications for 20 plus years, you know, so I've worked in environments that are very much about thinking things through, being strategic, la la. And so I understand the battle. And I have to tell you, I went to a spiritual retreat in that, my 39th year. And it was when I started having all these really weird, weird, freaky stuff happening. And I was just like, what is going on? And I connected with this um, psychic who was running this retreat and I went down I drove down to Byron Bay, I think it's like a three or a five day. And I was in so much resistance about my gifts and that they were even part of me and how did that even fit in with the rest of my life and who the was I turning into um, <laughs> that I drove the whole way from Brisbane to Byron, which is a couple of hours, saying, I'm not a weird hippie chick. I'm not a weird hippie chick. I'm not a weird hippie chick. It was like my mantra, right? The whole way. And... <laughs> Because I was just like, I can't, this is not who I am. Because my understanding of someone who was 
a psychic or even someone who was intuitive, you know, and who talked about spiritual stuff in that way, who talked about, you know, spirits who passed over and mediumship, who read cards, who did energy healing. I was open to it, but I wasn't. And how do understanding how I could even integrate that with me, this person who had worked in PR for such a long time and, you know, loved her stilettos and hadn't worn tie-dye since she was a teenager and would certainly never go back and do that ever again. Not that it's a judgment. Like, if that's your thing, that's fine, but it sure as heck wasn't mine. So trying to resolve that in my mind, with my mind, was really challenging and it took me quite a long time to do that. So I do understand... (laughs) It is a battle because I think we have this perception of what being energetically sensitive or spiritual or however you choose to describe it, we have this cultural construct again about what that looks like. For me, it was I'm not a weird hippie chick. I'm not a gypsy who's going to sit in a tent reading cards with a big crystal ball, although I do have crystals, balls now. I have a lot of crystals. Um, (laughs) But... It was a real struggle for me to reconcile those those parts of me and then to be able to talk about it to other people. Like that was really, for me, it was like coming out, coming out as this other person. And, you know, I remember talking to one family member about it and she said, oh, yeah, so-and-so said that you're, you know, you're a psychic now. And I went, yeah, I am. And they just had this really supercilious smile on their face like, they were humoring me almost and because they couldn't grasp the concept you know it was just too much for them to manage and at the time that irked me quite a bit and you know I had other people saying I remember telling one old school friend about it and she said to me and we've been friends for a very long time and I I told her about it and she cut me off and she said I don't want to know about it and then I had another school friend who was a psychologist by that point and when I told her about it just in passing at a function she said oh yeah well I know what that's all about so there was that response I feel like I've gone on a bit of a tangent there probably haven't answered your question but owning that side of yourself can be a challenge because it isn't going to conform necessarily with how other people see you with what they're comfortable with and who they want you to be and I definitely had those struggles yeah Hmm. I guess how long then did it take you to kind of be like own that and be comfortable with the way people would react or is that again is that you know um to be honest these days I don't give much of a about what people think Hmm. I guess for me the process had started and that comes down to a self-worth thing and knowing who I am When I got to my early 30s, I'd been in a 15-year relationship and I ended that and that I got a lot of backlash for that. And that was really the first point in my life where the universe was really giving me some massive shoves saying you got to own your stuff. And I guess that was when I really started to work out who I was and to own that. And then it was a progression from there. So that was my early 30s and it was about around the 30 mark which is a big age for women anyway. Like 30 is an age when I think I find a lot of women have shifts because they're actually getting clearer about who they are and what they want and really stepping away from the confines about of what other people expect. So I went against the norm in my early 30s and then I kind of continued that and then I got to my late 30s and I had my psychic awakening 
And I guess it was just like another level. And the first thing for me was to accept it about myself. So just the same as when I started having questions about my long-term relationship to a very good man who just wasn't the right man for me long-term, I had to really reconcile. It took me two and a half years basically to reconcile that, that I was going to have to leave this man who I loved but it wasn't in love with anymore and it didn't matter what I did, I couldn't feel what I needed to feel to be in that, stay in that partnership with him. And that was really challenging for me because I was going to be going against everything that I thought my life would be and other people's approval, you know. And so when I went through my psychic awakening, it was kind of just another level of that. First of all, I had to reconcile it with myself and understand it took me a long time. Like it took years before I could even begin to understand how I integrate that with the rest of my life. But I guess what I did find, I suppose maybe it's about three years in, so by my early-ish 40s, I started to really just integrate fully. So I'm not even always aware. My gift is my gifts of insight are fully integrated with who I am. A lot of people, when you're talking to them, they'll step out to seek the guidance, whereas for me it just kind of comes straight through. I still have guides and that kind of thing, like my spirit guides, and I connect with them intermittently, but it's not... My process is just, it's, I, I just call it fully integrated. And that has made things easier for me. But I guess um, it's a constant journey too, because there are always going to be times when you're around people who may not be comfortable with who you are. And I actually think it's even more fundamental than just being, than me just saying, I'm a psychic channel. It's the more fundamental part of it is that. I know who I am and at a fundamental level I'm okay with that even though I know that some people won't like it and even just that fundamental people are uncomfortable with because that will trigger them if they're not in the same place um, sometimes not always but people who are very much denying their power and don't want to go there and don't want to stand out blah blah they meet someone like me and I will spark their staff because it just, I'm showing, I try to be living, walking, breathing, talking proof that you can choose your life and stand in alignment with who you are, however, whatever that is for you, and own it. And when you do that, you empower others to do the same for themselves. So that process of acceptance, you are going to get challenged on it sometimes. Like I said, particularly when you are meeting a new group of people, you're not always sure of, you might be feeling nervous for a whole range of reasons and that kind of compounds things. But ultimately, if you don't own who you are, then if you don't own your power and own who you are in an authentic way, people are going to feel it. And quite frankly, I'm at the stage where if people are going to have an issue with who I am, then they're not the people for me, whether it's a potential client or a new potential friend or a potential partner or a potential work another work situation like whatever it is if they're not okay if I show up as my authentic self with all the good intentions that I have and how I interact with people if that makes them profoundly uncomfortable and triggers them in a way that they want to attack me for some reason or they just feel really uncomfortable or they don't want to have any kind of connection with me that has any kind of depth to it then that's just a sign for me that they're not the people for me and I'm okay with that now. They don't have to like me. We don't all have to like each other. 
we do all have to allow each other to be who we are. That's really important. But you're not going to like every person you meet. And I guess the other thing with that too is that when you meet someone and you don't like them, that's actually a cue from the universe to look at what it is they're bringing up for you because everyone you meet is a reflection of part of you anyway. And so often when I, if I do come up against someone who I can see feels uncomfortable when I talk about the psychic stuff, then that's like a, or often I had an incident, I can remember last year, I was in a class and I mentioned it and I could see the teacher got quite uncomfortable and shifted in his seat, you know, and other people in the class were totally fine about it, but he was uncomfortable. And I remember feeling this level of anxiety about it because I think and before I even said anything intuitively, I felt I had a feeling that it was going to, that he was going to be uncomfortable. And then sure enough, he was. But at the end of the day, when I processed that, he was uncomfortable because he's not owning who he is. He's not open about who he is. And so me being open about who I am is triggering him, A. But B, it was also about me showing up and being who I am, regardless of the response, you know, and, and being okay with it. Okay, he's not going to be comfortable that's all right. I'm not going to hide who I am just so someone else can be comfortable because then I'm uncomfortable. And I think that's sometimes too what a lot of people do, particularly women, is that they compromise who they are for the comfort of others to make sure other people aren't upset or uncomfortable or whatever. And it's bullshit. There's no future in that. Like, <laughs> is there any woman who's listening to that, <laughs> listening to this conversation, there's no future in that shit, Okay. The best thing you can ever do is own who you are and show up in the fullest glory of all of that, in all your flawed fragility, and know that you're, when you do that, that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You said everyone we meet is a reflection of part of us anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Explain to me a little bit more about mm. what that means. <laughs> mm. What that means is that anytime anyone triggers some kind of visceral emotional response in you, you're being asked to look at something in yourself. And this is one of the most annoying things of having self-awareness. Because let's face it, I think my life was a lot easier when someone would piss me off and then I could go, that person did blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah and they shouldn't do that and da, 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 all the story that we tell around that, which is fabulous. But it's really essentially a really shallow response to the situation because when you have that kind of response to somebody that is very visceral and it does trigger you, then you are being asked to look at something of your own. So, for example, if you have um, a relationship with someone that is not a healthy one, it could be a personal intimate relationship, it could be a work relationship, it could be a family relationship. And one of the big ones that I find comes up with people is this issue around boundaries. So they'll have a really unhealthy relationship with their current partner for whatever reason. And they will find themselves talking about, oh, he did this and he did that and la, 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 he did, he did, he did, he did. And when that's happening, it's actually not about what he did at all. Although sometimes what he did might be horrific. The essential lesson often in those situations is that it's a boundary lesson. So you're being asked to look at, okay, what is it that you are supposed to learn from that? What is it that's showing you? When this person behaves in this way, why do you stick around? Why do you tolerate that? And I had that with um, bullying. I had the bullying theme come up a lot in my life. 
quite a few years ago. And the interesting thing is that one theme will come up in multiple parts of your life. So if you get enough, if you can step back and look at your life, family, friends, work, intimate relationship, what you'll often find is you'll have this same trigger coming up in multiple places. Invariably, it won't just be in one part of your life, it'll be in others. When you can have some understanding of that, I guess the first step is notice when you're being having that really strong response, then notice how it might be coming up in other parts of your life and then ask yourself, what is my role in this? Although sometimes horrible things happen to us, our response to them is on us, you know, and that's sometimes a very uncomfortable understanding to have because horrible things will happen and it's not that you're at fault but it's what are you needing to learn from that experience? And for me, there was a theme around bullying that came up in all different parts of my life. And the lesson for me was I needed to have better boundaries. I needed to have better boundaries on things. And when people encroached on that boundary, I needed to say, this is my boundary and I'm not going to allow you to step over it. And if you do step over it, this is going to be my response and I will sustain and maintain that boundary. And that then, of course, makes people uncomfortable because they're used to just doing the stuff that makes them comfortable, even if it makes you not feel not. That's one example I can give of my own life where I kept having these experiences and feeling like the victim of those experiences. And you notice that you're playing the victim when you point outwards all the time, like you get into that, you'll find yourself having that same kind of conversation over and over again. They did this, they did that, blah, blah, blah. And that's okay to a point. But at the end of the day, you've got to go, okay, what is this showing me about me? And sometimes it might even just be, I need to not be around those people anymore. I need to make different choices about who I spend my time with. If it's a work situation, I need to get another job. It's just the universe telling me another message about getting another job. You know, I need to leave this place. I can't keep hanging on here. So there's all different kinds of messages and lessons, lessons depending on the situation for you. But essentially, they're reflecting part of you back to you that you need to look at. And... I don't believe in that there is sometimes a theme of spiritual elitism that can be out there where I, I've reached this level of, you know, awakening and so those kinds of things, the petty things don't bother me, blah, blah, blah. That's bullshit. We've all got this stuff. That's, you know, unless you're an incredibly enlightened being, of which there aren't a lot on in, in this planet, right, you are going to have these experiences that are going to make you uncomfortable, that are going to trigger you, and you do need to do the work to process those experiences and then take the lessons from that, make sure you've learned the lessons and then move forward. And here's the other really cool thing is that once you have learned the lesson, once the universe knows that you've got it, that you've heard the message about this repeating kind of scenario happening in your life and you've made different choices and changed your behaviour to shift those situations, what you're going to find is that issue is going to dis disappear it's not going to become an, not be an issue anymore because the universe knows you've learned the lesson. But if you keep having this issue come up again and again and it's reflecting part of you to look at, then it's like, okay, what am I not getting here? And I guess the other thing too is I understand this is really annoying because I go through it as well. It's just like, really, again, what am I not getting? What, what Are you kidding me? Like how many times do I have to go through this? And sometimes it can be years, right? Decades, like I'm not kidding. Um, but as your awareness gets better of these things and as your self-reflection gets stronger and you're more willing to go there and look at your stuff 
because you have to be willing to do the work, you will find that you will notice things more quickly. You'll notice the patterns and then you will understand that you have a responsibility to change something that you are doing, how you're responding, how you're thinking, whatever it is to help clear that. Does that help? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what made you decide that you wanted to start helping other people with this stuff? Uh, okay. So um, as I said, like my teens and my 20s, really um, emotional. I mean, I'm an emotional person anyway and I always will be. Um, make no apologies for that at all. But, you know, when I was a teenager, I cried all the way through high school. Like I was for no, sometimes for no reason. Just being, if I was put in a situation where I was just, I didn't, um, it was a new situation. I remember I was having, um, I wanted to do, learn a musical instrument, right? So I signed up to do clarinet. So I wanted to do this. I wasn't being forced into it by anybody. But then every time I turned up for class, I would cry. I'd freak out because I had, I was a, I was a perfectionist who then indulged in the lovely partner of that procrastination. Um, and I just had this huge desire to, for approval and um, fighting with my desire to be who I wanted to be and to say what I wanted to say. So I had, I was just like a, a freaking mess. And then, and I had self-worth issues, family issues, and plus I had this sensitivity that I didn't even know I had. And then that kind of carried into my 20s. And it's just when I look back, and then, of course, when I went through my psychic awakening, you know, a decade or so later, I'm just like, what the hell? That wasn't fun for me um, because I didn't have the support that would have been ideal in that situation to make sure I could navigate that in a way that was um, had a bit more ease and grace to it. So the answer to your question is the reason I do the work I do is because I don't want people to have to go through the shit that I went through because it was it's so interesting when I look back now, like it's, you know, we didn't talk about intuition freely in my family that I can ever recall. There was no conversations about, hey, Lucretia, do you think that maybe when you're feeling this level of anxiety, it may not actually be yours? That was never a conversation. Can you imagine if it had been? Can you imagine if as a teenage girl of 17, 18, starting to make my way into the world, or even earlier than that, if someone had said, all right, I want you to all think about yourselves like you're a sponge. If someone had come into a class, and even though I would have been in resistance at that point because I was very structured, very much about control, trying to arrange my life, because that's what happens, you know, when you're anxious and a mess inside, often you're out on the outside, you're trying to control everything. But can you imagine if someone had come into my class and said, all right, girls, this is what I want you to think about. I want you to think about the fact that you are like a giant sponge and that we are all connected. And we can all feel, sometimes we can feel each other's emotions, things that are going on in the world around us. So when you're feeling anxious, this is the steps you should take to work out actually if it's your anxiety to start with. And sometimes it's going to be. Heck, most teenagers experience anxiety. A lot of adults do, let's face it. You have to look at the statistics to know that. But if someone had even just begun to have that conversation, it might have opened the door just a crack to give me a level of understanding that might have made my journey a lot easier. It might have also helped if someone had talked to me about how to connect to who I really am and what actually is important to me. If someone had said to me, help me to work out, okay, what are you really passionate about and what is it that you really want outside of the construct of what you think you should be doing in your life? 
And this is the tools you can use to tune into your intuition, to your inner voice, which because we all have intuition, right? It doesn't matter where you are on the intuitive continuum. We all have the ability to connect to our intuition in some way. If someone had even begun to have those conversations with me at an earlier age, then you know what? My journey would have been a lot, I don't know, probably a bit more comfortable because I would have had a better understanding of myself. And when it comes to the, the psychic stuff, which is kind of like at the other extreme end of the intuitive continuum, if I had had someone who had talked to me about the fundamentals of being grounded, you know, I would have been in my body more. I wouldn't have been thrown off balance as much. If someone had talked to me about understanding how energy worked and how sensitive I am, if someone had even put a framework out for that, that would have helped me hugely. But there wasn't anyone who did that. I was just thrown in the deep end. And while I can look back and think my lesson from that was A, to not abdicate my responsibility, my personal accountability and responsibility to putting some kind of spiritual mentor in high, um, that was a big lesson for me because I, I spent a lot of my life thinking other people knew better than me. But the work I do now is very much about helping people to connect to their own inner truth and their own inner wisdom and knowing that they actually are always in the best position to know what is best for them. By all means, seek outside of yourself for guidance or extra information but at the end of the day no matter what information you receive you need to still go back within and go okay check in with myself does this resonate for me is this right for me and you can only do that effectively if you have done the work around your self-worth and your self-trust and that is a huge gaping wound I find particularly in um, younger women and older women too but I just look at, I look at younger women, like the late teens, their 20s, and I see they have all this amazing potential. And so many of them are highly sensitive and they don't realise just how sensitive they are. They might have a bit of an understanding, but they don't get how much it's kind of affecting their life. And they also don't get how they can actually use it as a gift, right? Because so many people are told, oh, you're too sensitive or why are you so sensitive or you're too emotional, blah, blah, blah all this complete BS. And so they start to kind of try to hide it or they overgive too much and they pick up everyone else's stuff and they don't know how to clear it. And that takes you off track. I mean, you have those gifts for a reason. For me, it's about, okay, well, let's help you to manage those so you can then channel your powers, your special gifts, whatever they are, to get out and do what your purpose is, what your soul is wanting you to do in this lifetime. And yeah, I guess that's it. For me, I just don't want to, I've got all this knowledge now that I learned the hard way. So if I can help people to learn it a little bit more easily than I did, then I think I'm doing my job, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what kind of activities or processes would you take your clients through to start off on that journey, especially when it's totally new to them? Mm-hmm. What do you do to help them, help them start that? Yeah. So the big one is grounding. That's the first thing. Every single client I talk to when I'm doing any kind of course with them is, okay, we go back to the beginnings. Grounding, how do you do that? What does it feel like to be grounded as opposed to not being grounded? Because a lot of people have never felt grounded. And then I'll just do, I might do a meditative process with them or some kind of thing. And they'll go, oh, I've never felt like that before. I've never felt in my body. I've never felt present like that before. I'm like, yeah, that's how you should feel all the time. (laughs) right? That's your goal to feel here. 
so yeah, grounding super important. But you know, I think a lot of people don't think that's very sexy. You know, they want to get into the hardcore. They want to, you know, if I'm energetically sensitive, I want to be able to feel this and do that. And can I read cards and blah, 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 work with crystals and whatever? And yeah, absolutely, you can get to that. But once again, like if you are opening up to all of that stuff and you're not grounded, what's going to happen? You're going to burn out. So let's not do that. Okay. So I think that's a real fundamental principle. And the second thing I do with people is getting them to understand that how their sensitivity works and how they can manage that. Because, I mean, I think it, people would probably love it, go, well, how do I control this, you know? It doesn't always work in a control fashion. You have to understand that control thing, you can manage your gifts, but you can't necessarily control them, yeah? So that's why I'm quite particular about the language I use around that. Control is a construct of the mind and your intuition isn't going to necessarily conform to that because your intuition is going to tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not, Yeah. It's like that situation when you first meet somebody and you shake their hand and everyone else is thinking how lovely they are and, you know, they seem really nice on the surface but underneath something inside you is going, oh, just something about this guy doesn't feel right. And then everyone's like, oh, what's wrong with you? He's really awesome. And then you kind of put that to one side and go, okay, I must just be imagining things. And then six months later something happens, you go, that's why I should have listened to that little intuitive hit telling me that I should not have trusted that man because they was not trustworthy despite what everyone else thought or saw, you know. So it's getting people to understand how their intuitive information comes to them because it's different for every person, yeah. There are some basic rules around, I call it buffering out other people's energies, so doing some processes and sometimes it's a meditative practice, sometimes it's a journaling practice, whatever it is, getting them to understand these are some practices you can do to clear out your energy because we pick up other people's stuff. This is some practices you can do to seal in your own energy in a healthy way and ultimately buffer out the vibrations of other people so it doesn't throw you around as much. As someone who is highly sensitive or an empath, however you choose to describe yourself, there are still going to be times when you feel like you're thrown around by other people's stuff. And often that will particularly happen in high emotional situations and or in situations when your own level of self-care is lowered because that's when you are more vulnerable to that. But that's not a good or a bad thing. That's just another part of how you function on the planet. And once again, it's having the awareness of that. And then having some basic practical things that you can do for yourself in your little psychic toolbox that you can apply to help manage that situation for yourself in the best way. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of two of the fundamentals. And then, you know, we talk about things like crystals and the energy of how to tune into energy. So not only how to keep buffer it, but also how to tune into it, working out what your passions are, how, how does that align with your purpose, how does your intuition help you with that, all those different kinds of things. And ultimately underneath all of that is developing the self-trust to the epic level that it needs to be so that they can go out and do what they're here to do in the world and not be dissuaded from doing that by the opinions of others yeah because if you spend your life worrying about what other people think and not valuing your worth first then you if you keep doing it you're never going to get out there and do what you're here to do and that's my priority is to help you do that how do you then look after yourself while you're helping other people with this because I imagine it would probably be energetically taxing for you to help people so what are practices that you have 
in your every day or every week that keep you grounded? Okay. And your own self-care. Good question. Um, And like everyone, I am human. And so when I talk about, you know, sometimes you might feel yourself being buffeted even more because your self-care is low. Yep, I'm putting my hand up for that. Absolutely. Because um, I think women particularly fight self-care and we don't prioritise it like we should. And so sometimes I get into that habit myself, which I quickly realise and then sort myself out. So self-care for me and managing my sensitivity, when I work with someone, it's about being clear why I'm working with them as a client um, and what my intention is. When I finish working with them, so I had a client this morning, when I finished the session with her, got off the call and I, dis- I did a process to disconnect from her energetically because that's important because otherwise people's energy can stick to you. What else do I do? I've been known to go out and stand on the grass in my bare feet. Um, one thing I noticed is it's been quite windy here the last 24 hours or so. And yesterday I was driving home from an appointment. I'm just like, oh, I just feel really ungrounded and scatty and just not in my body. And I went, oh, it's the wind. The wind always does that to me. So it's understanding to, okay, that's what's going on because the wind's moving the energy around. And so for me, it's okay, what do I need to do? I just need to eat some nourishing food, some grounding food. And, you know, honestly, staying away from the sugar is a really good thing to do. (laughs) Um, I'm a chocolate addict, so that is sometimes a challenge for me, often a challenge for me. But sugar is is not good for grounding. And certainly things like I've not ever really been a huge drinker and I've never touched drugs except for prescription ones that I've had to take um, because those things will unground you. Um, And for someone who is as sensitive as me, if I'm taking things like hallucinogens that are just going to basically open me wide up from an energetic perspective, and if I'm not grounded, because you're not going to be grounded when you're doing hallucinogens, so <laughs> and you're not grounded, then anything can ju- come in. Any kind of energy can come in. And that means positive and negative energy. And having had some brushes with negative energy, I'm not inviting that shit into my energetic space. So it's making sure that I'm really careful with that sort of stuff. I just don't do it. And honestly, my advice to anyone who is energetically sensitive, don't do the drugs. It's just dumb. Just asking for trouble. And also, if you want to connect, do it in a way that you actually know what you're connecting to. Yeah. And that's why it's important to be grounded. So the food, high water intake, magnesium. A lot of people who are energetically sensitive need magnesium, and I am certainly one of those people. Sleep and just trying to exercise every day. So I usually walk every day just to get into the sun, into the air. It's really important. These are all like basic self-care things that we should do for ourselves, but we don't. Um, the other thing too is because I am very sensitive, sometimes I will have energies show up and I won't necessarily know why. Um, sometimes it's just because they know I can see them or feel them and so they'll just rock up and then I might just clear my apartment where I'm living or my house before when I had that. Actually, I had... Um, a few years ago, I was in Italy. I was staying in this really old town um, in this really old apartment and I came home from this night out and I walked into the door of this apartment and I could feel them. I could feel so many spirits in that apartment. They, I'd only had a brush with one before I'd gone out that evening, but when I came back, it was like a huge crowd of them and it was really disconcerting. I didn't know what the heck, and this is earlier on, my, earlier on in my journey, 
and I was just like, what the heck are these people? Like, what am I, what do I do with this? Like, I can't go anywhere. It was like three in the morning. Like, there's nowhere for me to go. <laughs> what am I going to do? And I was like, how do I, what do I do here? And in the end, I actually slept with the lights on that night. And um, I, I did, basically did a process where I just protected myself energetically. And when I woke up in the morning, there was a message from a friend of mine who was a shaman and a bit more experienced in that kind of stuff. And she's like, how's your trip going? I said, oh, this has just happened and it freaked me out, slept with the lights on. And she's like, they just wanted to let you know they were there because they know that you know they're there and they can feel it. So they just wanted to check in and say, hey, we're here. And I was just like, oh. And you know what? I sat there another two or three nights after that and I didn't have any of those brushes with them again. Like it was like they'd made themselves known and that was enough. And I didn't have any issues. Like I really love my stay there. So um, I guess that's something else to be aware of when you're doing this kind of journey is there's going to be times you're going to have growth spurts. We're going to have understandings drop in, learnings drop in that you didn't have before. and It's going to be uncomfortable and you have to process that before you go to the next level. But um, at that time, it wasn't because I was doing anything wrong. It wasn't because I wasn't managing my energy properly. It wasn't because I wasn't clearing. It was just simply because I was in that situation and they wanted to say hi. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weird, freaky stuff will happen and you just got to roll with it, baby. That's the thing sometimes. Hmm. That's hilarious. That's, a, that's an awesome story. <laughs> Freaked me out. But, yeah. And I think the other thing too is that I'm psychic, but I never would never ever describe myself as a freaking oracle, you know, like it's not – and it's important to understand that it is a journey, you know, like I do go through what I call a psychic growth spurt and I will learn new stuff that I didn't have before, like a new understanding I didn't have before. And I understand how disconcerting that is, you know, and it will freak you out. Like I was freaking out in this old apartment in the middle of this old town at three in the morning and I slept with the lights on because I was freaking out because it hadn't happened to me before. And yeah, that's part of the journey, you know, it's just, I'm human. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. But I seem to be pretty good at helping people to connect to theirs. So <laughs> that's part of what I'm here to do, you know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Lucretia, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story with me. It's been fabulous talking to you. Thank you for joining me on Mindset. You're very welcome. <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, I hope it was somewhat enlightening. Yes. If it, look, if it even helps one person, then Absolutely. that's awesome. I've that's why we're here to do this. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Before we go, I'd like to ask you that question again. Does the work you're doing right now make you feel inspired and connected to your life's purpose? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Mindset Mastery. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a big thumbs up and leave a review so more people can join us on this journey. I hope you have an awesome day. And remember, we are only limited by what we believe. We are limited.